think I'm going to do? What? I'm going to go home, have me a little nap. Go over to Thelma Lewis and watch a little TV. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe that's what I'll do. Go home, have a nap, then over to Thelma Lewis for TV. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> At home, for the love of Mike, do it, do it. Just do it. Go take a nap. Go to Thelma Luz for TV. Just do it. What's the hurry? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you've ever watched Andy Griffith, you have to start. Okay, so we've been swimming, if you will, in the deep end of the pool for the last few months. And this morning may, shout, may, may seem like the shallow end, but I'm going to tell you something. If we don't get this one right, okay, nothing else is going to matter. If we don't get this down and we don't get this right, we are not going to be able to grow in our relationship with Christ. We are not going to be conformed to the image of Christ the way God wants us to. So we got to get this one down. Everything, okay, everything that I've been talking about, everything we've been talking about, for, actually for years and years, but everything that we've been talking about through this series takes time. It takes discipline. It takes effort to take the next step in your spiritual journey. Okay, you if you're going to do that, you need room to breathe. You need room to breathe. You need to take that time. You honestly, you need some of you need permission to stop, to just be able to stop. You need space to think what you've been what we've been going through over the past few months. Okay, you need space to think to reflect, to just spend time with God. That's not going to happen if we don't have margin. We, if we don't have margin. We need margin in our stressful, overwhelming, busy, crazy lives. So the question is, what is margin? So I looked it up in the dictionary. There's a lot of different definitions, but I looked it up in the, def- in the dictionary, and it defines margin as an extra amount of something, such as time or space, that we can that we that can be used if needed that can be used if needed so i picked up on two key points in this definition okay one was the word extra and the other if needed so can i be bold enough this morning to change that definition i think they should change the definition around this because um i think it should say as needed As needed, because it's always needed. We need space. We need extra time. If we're going to accomplish what God has designed each one of us to accomplish, we need to slow down a little bit. We need to take a step back. We need to reflect on where our lives are right now and maybe where God wants us to be. We can't take the time to reflect on where God wants us to be because we're going, going, going. Most of us, we live with... uh, we. If you think about it, the way most of us live, there is no, there's no extra, okay, in our vocabulary. There, there are no extra moments. And when we get extra time, when we get an extra moment, okay, we usually fill that time. Or we use that extra time or whatever that extra, to, to catch up, right? 
right? You, you, you finally get some downtime and you think, oh my gosh, all the things that I need to do. And yet I go through, I got to pay the bills. I got to do this. I got to go run over here. I got to pick that up. I should have called that person so long ago. And you have a list, a laundry list of things that you need to do to kind of catch up on your life. We're like that old game. I'm not sure if they still have this game out now, but it's called the last straw game. There's a little camel, right? And they have these little plastic uh, like straws. And then what you do is you load it into the, onto the back of the camel. And you're just hoping. And you're like, oh, I hope that last straw is not going to break the camel's back. And that's exactly how we live our lives. We, we just put straw after straw after straw after straw in our schedule, hoping that that's not going to be the last straw that breaks our back. That completely and utterly over, overwhelms us. There are so many, there are so many obstacles and so many excuses to keep us honestly trapped in the, in the tyranny of the urgent, if you will. So many obstacles. So, and all of us have so many excuses. It's almost, it's a cultural thing for us. And we come up with all these reasons why we got to keep going, keep going, and keep going. So as you came in this morning, did everybody get a, a paintbrush, a little paintbrush? You get one? Okay, if you didn't get one, make sure you get one on the way out. All right? So what I want to do with that paintbrush is what, I, I, what I'd like to do is just go through, as we go through our time, I want you to paint a new picture of your life. Right now you've got a picture. Right? It's been painted right now up until this point. But I, I kind of like you to turn the canvas over and paint a new picture of your life. But this time I want you to paint a picture that includes more margin. That includes more space in your life. More downtime in your life. More, give yourself the, the opportunity to reflect and to relax. So that God has the, what, what, I'm, what I'm trying to do is get you to the point. Okay, if God created you and has a specific purpose for your life, either your life, here's the two options, either your life is completely meaningless, because there is no God, or God created you, and in that case, he designed you, and he has a specific purpose for your life. If we don't find margin, okay, and we keep running, 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 you can run from now until you are on your deathbed if you don't watch out. And I'm saying that you need to find that margin so you have time for God to speak into your life. Some of the most, some of the most maturing times of your life, emotionally and spiritually, have been where you've gotten away and you have some time to just relax and think and allow God to speak into your life. You need to find that margin. All of us do. Cross the board. First Timothy chapter 6 verses 17 through 19 says this. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Richly provides us everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up for themselves as a good foundation for the future. So that, listen to this, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. There are so many people in this world, I mean this, that are just existing. They are not truly living. They're not living. They're just existing. And sometimes we can throw ourselves into that category. 
that we're just existing, going from thing to thing to thing. We have, we have completely consumed ourselves with so much that it's just one day after the next. You just march through. And you're not really living. You're just existing, going through the motions. So he says, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. What he's saying is, in other words, you need to, you need to stop, okay? You, you need to stop waiting and hoping your ship is going to come in. Or somehow you're going to get all that you need. And once you have all that you need, once your ship is coming, you have all that you need, then you'll be able to whatever it is. And God's saying, no, 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 no. Okay? Serve now. Serve God now. Serve me now. Serve others now. Do good now. Do good now. You know, honestly... And I've said this so many different times, but you think, why? what's my purpose in existence? They, they asked Jesus, what is the greatest command of the law? And he said, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind and all of your strength. And then he said, the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. Let me lay this out for you. The only thing that matters in life is our relationships. Our relationship with God first and then with everyone else. Everything else, honestly, is window dressing. It's whatever. Everything is about relationships. When you stand before God, you're not going to be judged on how much money you accumulated, how much stuff you had, how awesome you were and all this kind of thing, and how famous and what you did. What he's going to judge you on is how did you, how did you, what kind of relationship did you have with me and what kind of relationship did you have with other people? Did you pour into other people's lives? And he says, you know what? Some of you are looking to the future. It's all about what you can accumulate, all about what you can get. And so you come up with all kinds of reasons you know when when i have when i have enough money when i have enough money or if i accumulate enough things that i think i need okay then i will spend more time with god then i will serve god in this way all i need to do is just get a little bit more and then i'll start and then i'll be in a position to and so run your just run as hard as you possibly can because you're working so hard that one day you'll have some margin in order to serve god and spend time with god and spend time with other people that's the mentality of so many god expects us Okay, God expects us to do what we can now with what he's given us now. He expects us to do what we can now with what he's given us right now. He also expects us, honestly, we go and we, and it's always, it's, it's always living on the edge. We live on the edge in every area and also financially. We live on the edge financially and he expects us to manage, to manage our money so that we have it available to do with what he, what, when he calls us to step out and, and, and invest in someone else's life, we should have the margin financially to do that. To carry out God's will. He gives you the resources to carry out his will. That's why you have what you have. God doesn't want you or expect you to live on the edge financially where you never have margin to spontaneously show generosity to other people. How many times in your life you've seen someone down and out or you hear a friend is really struggling financially and they're not a church, they're not an organization, they're not the, you know, some, some farm 
are and whatever. It's just your friend. And wouldn't it be nice to be able to give your, send your friend some money in the mail. They don't know he's even coming from you. You need the margin to be spontaneously generous as God calls you to be spontaneously, spontaneously generous. But we don't have that. So it's like, oh, I'd love to help, but I'm just not in a position where I can do that. He doesn't want you to live in a way that you're constantly feeling the urge to even the normal giving that we do in church. It's called a tithe, right? A tithe is like your your consistent giving each week or each month you give consistently. An offering is when it goes beyond the tithe, when you see a need beyond the tithe. But we don't even have a chance to tithe because we put ourselves in a position where we're so tight that we have to, we kind of have this urge to, to, um, to not give because we're so stretched. I'd love to give more. I'd love to give that project in church. They're doing so many amazing things, but I can't because you feel so stretched. That's not what God wants. Ask yourself. Here's another thing I want you to think about. Have you put your own, if you will, um, artificial financial plans in place? Have you put those plans in place? Like, you know, I'll be able to, when I, my portfolio, I have this much in my, in my portfolio, then I'll be able to do this. If I had this much more, once I have this, then I'll be able to spend this time or with my family or with God or whatever else. And so we spend our, we spend so much of our lives chasing after this artificial financial number that we have in place for our portfolio. And once we reach that place, then you'll have the margin and you'll have the time to spend time with your kids or your whatever it is. I'm telling you, horrible mistake. Horrible mistake. As a, I was a youth pastor for 15 years before we started Grace Chapel. I had so many students who would come up to me and say, literally, they'd say, I just hate my dad. I just can't stand my whatever. And they'd go through that because they never spent any time with them. They never invested. It was always, and, and what the response would get when they would ask for it was, I'm doing this for you. I don't spend any time with you, but I'm doing what I'm doing. It, I'm doing it for you. Okay, that's true. You want to put food on the table. You want to make sure people have a home. But honestly, there comes a point where when is enough enough? And I'm not talking to rich people. I'm talking to all people. I'm talking to myself. When is enough enough? God is saying you need to enjoy. You need to realize that every season of your life is important and take advantage of what's most important in every season of your life. So if you're at this level financially, you need to find margin in your life to make sure that you're investing in the most important things, God and other people. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I'm telling you, when you stand before God, he's going to take like a blowtorch. Everything else is going to be gone. Okay. And all that you're going to be left with is what you did for him. And what did Jesus say? Whatever you did for the least of these, you what? You did it for me. When you stand before Jesus, he's going to thank you for what you did for him. And you're going to say, oh, well, Lord, when did I do that for you? When you took the time to invest in me, when you took the time to invest in that person, you did it for me. We need to understand that. Taking time is what matters most. We were on a men's retreat uh, this past week, this past weekend. And one of the guys, one of the guys in the men's retreat sat down. And he said, hey, you know, we were talking about this a little bit. And he said, you know, I remember the most important times to me, the most vivid members to me had nothing to do with really money. It had to do with time, spending time with my grandfather going fishing. And I caught the biggest fish on his boat. And we were, it was such a celebration. And it was like, it was, I remember it like it was yesterday. My my oldest grandson, 
Ollie came running up to me when I got back from Washington. I was in Washington, which is, I'll tell you about that later on. Not today, but some other time. That was great. But I got back, and what is the first thing he said? Oh, Pops, uh, my grandpa, his other grandfather, took him to the opening day at the Reds game with his dad. And he, had a red, and he got a red hot dog bun. It was red. That's awesome, right? He's going to remember that. That red hot dog bun is going to be, it's etched in his memory. These are the things that really matter. And God is saying they need to matter to us right now. Don't wait for these artificial platforms you're laying out. Once I get here, then I'll do this. You're wasting God's valuable time. The most precious commodity that you have is time. And you're never going to get it back. Don't waste the time that God has given you. You need to find that margin in your life. Verse 17b says this, so that we enjoy the things he does give us. Enjoy them when? Enjoy them now. We need to enjoy what he's given us now. You've got to ask yourself, are you enjoying where God has you in your life now, or are you living for the next season that comes of your life, the next season of life? Because here's the thing, when we are constantly living for the next season of life, we never, we never enjoy this one. It's always when I get my next promotion, when I, when I, when I. You're never enjoying this one. And that, you're being robbed of what God has for you. You're, you're going in the wrong direction. Have you, allowed your, have you allowed the idea of how much you need to accumulate or where you need to be on the ladder of success to control or to rob you of your opportunity for peace and joy and contentment? Everybody longs, they think, oh, if I can get to this point, I'm going to be so much more peaceful. I'll have so much more contentment. No, you won't. No, you won't. There'll always be something else. There'll always be something more. Are you allowing the things of this world, like, how, where are you going to, where, where am I going to get to next? And I'm going to tell you something. It's, go talk to a person, an older person. Some of the wisest old people, old people you'll ever, to older people you're ever going to talk to, or people who have a disease that, where they almost died, or, or they could be dying. And what do they always say? I wish, if I could do it over again. If I could do it over again, I wouldn't waste my time worrying about this and this and running here and getting up there and doing that. I would spend more time. I would spend more time with the people I love. You know what wise people do? I mean, let me tell you a secret. Wise people hear that well enough when they're in their 40s and they say, you know what? I'm not going to get to my 80s or 90s and look back and with regret and say, if I, could ju- if I had a chance to do it over again, if, if those wise people are telling you what they would do over again, why not do it now? A couple of years ago, 10, 15 years ago, I, I, I listened, I said, I thought, my, I thought to myself, enough, I am not going, I am not going to run the same path. I'm going to do what God called, I'm going to find enough margin in my life, and I'm going to focus on these impo- more important things, and I'm not going to get tw- 30, 40, 50 years down the road and say, oh, if I could do it over again. You know why? Because honestly, because it's not true a lot of the time. I want it to be true in my life. You should want it to be true in your life. That you focus on the things that really, truly matter. Some of the most unhappy, discouraged, 
And discontent people in this world are those who are constantly chasing after money or chasing after fame or chasing after whatever it is. And I'm not just, when I talk about money, I'm not just talking about the rich. The poor and middle class are notorious for being ungrateful, honestly, ungrateful and dissatisfied with what they have in life and where they are in life. And no matter how much more God gives them, it's never enough. You know what, you know what's enough? How much is enough? A little bit more. If I just had a little bit more, that would be enough. And if I had a little bit more and a little bit more, it's never enough. And then the rich will often spend lavishly and not appreciate the responsibility that God has given them for their resources. The rich will use it as a weapon. They'll use it to manipulate people in the family. Instead of using your wealth in your family to invest in other people out of love, you use that money. And you, I know a lot of you know have, have people in your family like this. They use it as a weapon. They use it to manipulate. To get what they want. And the reason they do that is they don't understand that the money is given to them by God, okay? They, they think they, they think they're owners of their own money. They are stewards of what God has given them. They're stewards of God's grace. And they're mishandling what God has given them. And that's why so many people, they get to the top and they say, well, there's nothing there. They accumulate all this stuff and they realize, I just wasted my time, lost my family, and don't have meaningful relationships. Paul, Paul makes it clear that both need and abundance, hear me out, he makes it absolutely clear that both need and abundance can be enemies of contentment and joy and peace in our lives. They both can be. In Philippians chapter 4, 11 through 13, he says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need. For I have learned the secret of being content in, every and every, in any and every situation. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things to Christ who gives me strength. So how do we break that? Now the question is, okay, so we don't want to be like so caught up in our resource. We don't want to be so caught up in our time so that we don't have margin in any of those areas. How do we break free from this trap and create some margin in our lives? How do we repaint the picture of our lives to include more margin? How do we do that? Well, I'm going to tell you something. It takes deliberate, it takes deliberate scheduling. Okay, we need to be deliberate. If we're going to find extra time to use when we need it, then we have to set boundaries with bold intensity. This cannot be seriously a willy-nilly sermon. And isn't it? Oh, I got to find more time. Is seriously? You want to grow in your relationship with Christ? You want to grow? You want to get closer to Christ? You want to be conformed to the image of Christ? You want to be the ultimate you, the person who God designed you and purposed you to be? You've got to figure this one out. It has to be a priority. You cannot achieve what God wants you to if you're going so fast you can't even hear him speaking to you can't be done it can't be done so how do we do this how do we find that kind of margin in our lives how do we paint a picture that allows more margin in our lives it needs to be intensely deliberate god let me listen to me god cares so much more about the balance in your life than he does about busyness he's so much more concerned with balance than he is busyness we need to be intentional we honestly and hear, hear, hear me out i want this is i want you to do it this week we need to sit down with our schedules and block out time you need to create do nothing time in your schedule literally 
You need to sit down. You have to have do-nothing time, do-nothing, big gaps of do-nothing right in your calendar. Days days and, and times where there's a whole lot of nothing planned. I'm not kidding. That's in your calendar. Do nothing. Leave me alone. That should be in your calendar. Okay? Just leave me alone. I'm doing nothing. And that's what you, that's what you need to do. And we're going to talk about that more in a couple of minutes. In the beginning, here's what's going to happen. In the beginning, margin is going to look to a lot of you because you're, you know, A-type personalities. Everybody's got to achieve and everything. It's going to look like laziness. It is. It's going to, to you, you're, this is so foreign to you. You know I'm right and you know you can read all kinds of articles and whatever else, not even from the word of God. You can read it from anywhere. You know I'm right, right? But you've been, you've been in this world for so long doing the same thing. You're just, the idea of carrying this out is nearly impossible. To you it's going to be like wasting time. But here's what I'm going to tell you. It isn't wasting time. It's actually finding time. It's finding time to do what God is calling you to do. So you need to plan it. Margin can be finding time to take a walk through um, the, the, uh, like the park, one of the parks. Go to a park and just walk and relax. Or if you can't get to a park, then walk through your neighborhood. Just take the time to walk through your neighborhood. You know what? Don't take this time to start writing a book. Just maybe read a book. Read a book that you've been wanting to read. Just take some time to listen to music that you haven't... You know, take that time just to stop and reflect and listen to some music. Maybe it's good to go fishing. You just want to go fishing or, you know, hang out with a good... Just talk with a good friend. Get on the phone if you have someone far away. Set set aside some time where you can get on for an hour, an hour and a half and just talk to your old friend. Find some time for just, just, just to be quiet. For silence, Wednesday nights from 5 to 7, we open up the sanctuary. And honestly, there's a little bit of music playing in the background. It's not words. It's just like music. And sometimes it's just like um, nature sounds. And you come in and you can, read the, you can read the Bible and you can let God speak to you that way. You can just be quiet and still and pray. You, whatever, whatever you want, from, not from 5 to 7, you can come between 5 and 7. You can stay the whole two hours, you can stay for 10 minutes, doesn't matter. But take the time. We just need the time to rest and reflect and be silent sometimes. Margin, margin may not feel immediately productive. But I'm going to tell you something, guys. Honestly, I mean this sincerely. It will, it will pay off. It has, la- it has lasting benefits physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And again, I, I take this from the Word of God, but I've been reading articles and I've been listening to people. Do you know there's new therapies out right now? There's called sod therapy. You know what sod therapy is? They're telling you, scientists, counselors, take your socks and shoes off and walk through the grass. They have scientific studies that show when you take your socks and shoes off and you step in the grass, your blood pressure lowers, your brain chemistry changes, you begin to relax. It's literally this connection with God's green earth. When's the last time you walked through the woods? You get me in the woods... You get me in the woods where there's a pond in the middle of the woods where I get a fishing pole. <laughs> then, you're, then I'm really like, heaven is close, baby. You know, I'm, 
Right? We, you need to take a walk through the woods. Some of you don't like the woods, but do go somewhere you do enjoy that time of relaxing. But literally, think about that. It pays off physically, emotionally, and spiritually. But taking your shoes off and stepping on the grass is scientifically proven to change your whole, your, 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 your physical makeup. Isn't that incredible? It shows how much we need to do it. It just shows how much we're, we're missing out on. The, the, the rest and reflection time that margin provides, let me say this. The rest and the reflection and the oh, just letting go time that margin gives you is life-giving. It is literally like you will live longer. You will grow more spiritually. You will grow more emotionally. It is life giving. Margin allows you to breathe. It allows you to be creative. When's the last time that you honestly said, gosh, I could just sit here and, and think up things, you know, let your mind just go and just to have that creativity. You haven't, you probably haven't painted. You've painted before. You haven't painted in years. You haven't sculpted in years. You haven't used your creativity in years. Why? Because you're so consumed with go, 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 go and everything around you. It offers a quiet space for you to think. And for you to grow as a human being, the way God designed you. Remember what 1 Timothy 6.19 says, so that you may take hold of that which is truly life. Some of us are so busy, okay, living our lives in the temporal, that we think that's all that matters. And what matters is the eternal. When you get alone with God, when you spend time with God, He gives you an eternal perspective, okay, on all of life. And you begin to realize that what Pastor Jeff is saying is completely true. All that matters is my relationship with God and my relationship with the people around me. And we're wasting our lives so much of the time. He says it. He says, so that they may take hold of that which truly, what is truly life. In other words, we're not living, okay, what is truly life. We're just sometimes existing. We've given our paintbrush to others. And we no longer have control of our own lives. We've handed over that paintbrush to, to, to this world and to the people around us. And we no longer have control of our own lives. Here's the reality. Here's the reality. Create, creating margin... When you create margin, it means you're a more spiritually and emotionally mature person. You're not lazy. You're not wasting time. You're more mature spiritually and emotionally than other people. So how can we change? How do we get to this point? How do we, how do we get started? Okay. So I have a couple ways. Okay. Very practical ways. First, admit that your life is completely out of balance. It's out of balance. Face the reality that your life is just too busy. Face the reality that the reason that you're stressed and you're overwhelmed and you have anxiety and you have fear is the fact that you don't have any margin in your life. And what you do is you think to yourself, I'll just keep running. I just got to keep running. And then you go to the doctor or you go to to a, a counselor or something to get something that will help you get through the day. When you really need to do is take a step back, take your shoes off, stay in the grass and have nothing to do. And I know some of you moms, some of you you're younger with younger kids are like, whatever. I, I, I understand that. I do. I, I promise I understand that. I really do. Then you need to, seriously, um, get someone to, get, ask your husband if you can take some time and then he can take some time. And you guys work together. 
But you need to create that margin. I know there are seasons of life where this is way more difficult than in other seasons. Okay? But it doesn't matter. You're going to need to find that time. You're going to need to try to take that time. But I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm not denying it's, diff, it's, it's difficult. It is difficult. But you need to admit that you're feeling stressed and you're feeling overwhelmed. You're feeling anxious. And part of the reason you're feeling that way is because you are constantly consumed with something to do at all times. Here's another thing you've got to do, guys. When you do this, because you're going to, because I asked you to, and of course you never not do what I ask you to do. Um, when you do this, you need to fight the feelings of guilt. Right away, Satan will come into your heart and start pouring into you. You're so lazy. You, 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 how could you just sit here and do nothing? You're not being productive. God will want you to be productive. All these lies will come in. You need to fight the feeling of guilt. That you're, that you're not, you don't have one on your waist and one like this and one not crawling your, your, you know, you know what I'm saying? You can't see because the kids got their hands over your eyes and things. It's okay. Let your husband take care of that for a little while. Don't feel, you, you've got to fight the feeling of guilt that you're not doing your part right this second. Your part is to spend, when you get relaxed, when you get a little bit of margin, when you're able to breathe, you come back stronger, okay, to the people that are around you. So work together to make sure that everyone gets the chance to just be able to relax. Here's something else. Jesus Christ was fully God and fully man. Jesus Christ was fully God, okay? And he took time, he grabbed margin and he took time to rest, He's God, and he took time to rest. God the Father, I think somewhere in Genesis, God the Father said that he took, he rested. Right? Isn't that somewhere in the Bible? That he rested? And then he commands who to do the same thing. Do you think, you think God needs to rest? No. God didn't get tired like us. He doesn't need to rest. He set an example. Jesus Christ set an example when he walked this earth that each of us needs to follow. He wanted us to rest. There is a gigantic physical, emotional, and spiritual reason for that. God is the ultimate scientist, though. He knows everything about us, and he knows we need margin. He knows we need time to rest. Number two, make it happen. Okay? Here's the great thing about margin. Margin gives you time for what's important, not just for what's urgent. Margin gives you time for what's important. You know what's important? What's important... What should, someone's excited over here, right? <laughs> What's important, okay, is that I spend time with the people in my life, my family, my grandkids, right, um, with you, that I find, I make time, I spend time. You know, and I'm not just, honestly, guys, I'm not just preaching as I haven't done this. I fight. I, honestly, I fight for margin in my life. Last year, a couple of years ago, I started cutting back and fighting back. I, I'm still, I still get things done and I'm still busy, but I only, only want to be busy to a point. Because if I'm so busy that when you call me, you can't get me, you can't talk to me, we can't ever meet. If I'm so busy that my grandkids don't ever get a chance to go fishing with pops or we don't get to run around and go swimming or we don't get to have some fun and make cookies or whatever else the case may be. Honestly, I've come to the conclusion that taking my grandkids fishing and taking my son fishing is one of the top priorities in my entire life. And whether it's not fishing, I just like to fish. You guys know that. But if it's something else, I do something else with them. I don't care what it is. 
As long as it's not playing Candyland. Oh, Candyland. It's like, oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that is a big old waste of time. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. If they want to play Candyland, let's play Candyland. But you need to find time for that. Because seriously, you want to climb the corporate ladder? I'm going to tell you, um, it's not a race to the top when it comes to a biblical worldview. It's a race to the bottom. It's a race to the bottom. Who's the, who's the greatest servant of all? Who can invest in people's lives the most? Who can, who, can, who can break free from this ridiculous road that we're on? Get your wheels out of that rut that you're in and start to live a life that actually matters. That actually, and everyone knows what I'm saying is true all over the world, but they don't do it because somehow they get trapped in this, this scheme of got to keep going, got to get more, got to do this. And you know what? I want to accomplish, I want to accomplish everything that God has for me and then I want to drop dead. But I can guarantee you that God includes a whole lot of hanging out with you and hanging out with my family in what he has me to accomplish in this life, not just whatever else. So I want you to do, here's what I want you to do. I want you to sit down this week, today, today or tomorrow, all right? But don't let this go. Keep each other accountable. I want you to sit down. I want you to get your calendar out. And I want you to start blocking out time. Block it out. Block out big sections of time. I want you to consider consider what you do in a day. Consider what you do in a whole week. Consider what you do in a month. And don't leave anything out. Write everything down. Get out a whiteboard. Get out your phone, whatever, your computer. And write everything that you do in your life. That includes your kids' schedule, all the stuff they do with sports. That includes all the stuff that we do at church. That includes all the stuff you do at work and whatever. Write everything down. How much time you spend on the computer playing that, whatever games that you play. Write it all down. Okay, write everything. Every single bit of those activities down. Then I want you to evaluate your schedule. And then once you evaluate your schedule, I want you to cut things out. Cut them out. Okay? Cut them out of your schedule. Then fill, fill in the, the, the parts that you cut out, things that you cut out. I want you to fill it with downtime. Fill it with downtime. Do nothing time. Right? Gaps. And then now when the time, think about this, now when the time comes, you can meet the needs that God calls you to meet. The Holy Spirit convicts you to go to spend time with this person because they're feeling discouraged or they're hurting or they just lost someone or whatever the case may be. Now you have the breathing room to go and spend an hour, an hour and a half with that person. You know what? You go spend an hour and a half with someone who's really hurting when everybody else is so busy they don't have the time, that will transform that person's life. They will never forget it. And neither will you. Actually, when you serve other people, it is more beneficial. Honestly, well, again, I'm going back to science here, but I've, I've read studies that serving and investing in other people does more for you than it does for them. It's, it's, it's just miraculous. It's miraculous. So fill those time, don't fill those times in so that you have time to do what God is calling you to do. Or, if you don't feel like God's calling you to do anything, that you can just enjoy your newfound freedom. Sit around and do absolutely nothing. Nothing. Nothing is good. When's the last time you went outside in the summertime, laid in the grass and stared up at the stars? When's the last time you went somewhere, just sat on a rock or, or, or went somewhere and just relaxed? Something you enjoy doing and you, when you were a kid, right? You just laid there and enjoyed the beauty of whatever. Sit underneath a tree and just look up at it from a different perspective. See it from a different angle. It's so refreshing. It's so refreshing. 
All right, number three. Tell everyone about your plan. Tell everybody about your plan. Tell the people, especially the people that are going to be affected by your new choices. Tell them. And then here's another hard one, okay? This is so, so important. Talk to people, okay? Talk with the people that you know are going to um, be most affected by what you're doing. Make sure you sit down and talk to them. Take the time to, to, to have the conversation. Explain to them why you're doing what you're doing. And then honestly, have the, hear what I'm saying, have the courage to let go of things that are important to other people in your life, but not important to you. What I mean by that is, there are people who want you to be on this board, and they want you to be a part of this, and you're the only person who can bake that and you're the only person to do this and you have to be on this team you have to be on this committee and you committed and teamed yourself to death and you may sit back and go you know what I have to let four of those eight things go and you're going to have people so frustrated because you're the only one who God ever created in the history of the universe and humanity who can do that really your cookies are the best no one makes cookies like you Oh, that's true. I'm going to stay on this thing so I completely burn myself out because my cookies are the best cookies. There's another person when they get rid of... If you're not baking the cookies, someone else is going to make the cookies. Not as good as yours. The world will survive. If I died tomorrow, okay, many of you would be sad, right? <laughs> Some would be like, thank God, the guy goes on forever. It's like, what, 12, 13 already? Where's he doing? Some of you, but you know what? Grace Chapel would continue. It would go on and God would do miraculous things. I am going to take my last breath at some point and it's going to have to, right? And it is fine and dandy and God has someone else who's going to take my place and the world will go on and things will be awesome, even more awesome than they were now. Don't let people, don't let people tell you what's so important that you have to hold on to it. Ask yourself, who is painting the picture of my life right now? And if it's not you, take your brush back. Be like that little kid. It's mine. It is yours. Take it back. Okay? Take your brush back so you can paint the picture that has a little bit of margin in it. Okay? And then, again, talk to those people. Talk to people around you. And here's where the reason I want you to talk to them. Because they can help you. They can encourage you. And, most important, they can keep you accountable. Tell them what you want to do, the people closest to you, and then let them hold you accountable. Number four. Realize that busyness, busyness is not godliness. Have you ever considered that you are not living the life that God has called and wants you to live? Ever considered that? That you're running so fast you haven't thought about it. You're not living the life that God wants you to live. Have you ever considered that you you may be doing what you're doing to fill a void, some emotional void in your life? It's not really what God wants you to do. You're doing it so that you can fill an emotional void or you're doing it to avoid dealing with issues in your life that God wants you to address. But you don't want to address them. You just keep yourself busy. You never have to address it. You know, here's the thing. You don't want to slow down because then you're going to have to think and you are terrified to think. You're terrified to think. There are things in your life that you know you need to deal with in your de- depths of who you are from your childhood or from something that happened in your life and you can't slow down because if you slow down, you're going to start to think. And if you start to think, that, that idea absolutely terrifies you. Hear me. One, let, hear, hear this. I love you. Stop.
stop. Stop. Find margin. Then find a friend. Find a life coach. Find a counselor. Find a discipler. Find a mentor. Find a pastor. Find someone who will sit down with you and love you enough to walk you through your hurts, your hang-ups, your habits, whatever it is that is holding you back, whatever it is that you're really afraid to face on your own. You need to stop and find the margin to face those things with the people around you who love you and who will walk you through that. Because you will never, you will never get to the next place in your spiritual journey if you don't do that. Stop hiding in your, in your busyness. Deal with your issues. Deal with them now. Number five and last. Find margin. Okay? Fight for it. You need to fight for margin. Seriously? You need to get righteously angry about this. You need to push back on people. And you need to say no. On the count of three, I want everyone to say no. One, two, three. No. Yes. No. No. You, when people are, when people are asking, can, can you, can you, can you, can you, can you? Some of you are like, uh, you're just like, you, you crumble and you say yes to everything and you're, and it's killing you. Stop it. Fight. Get some gumption and tell them, just get righteously angry about it. This is burying me. Push back on them. And some of you, you can just politely say no. Okay? Some of you are just like, no. Read the hand. You know what I'm saying? Others need this to be... But you don't care if you're polite about it, whatever else. But you say no. Make it a priority. You need to paint a new picture of your life. That's what you need to do. That's what we all need to do. Why? So that we can become the people that God has designed us to be. So that we be in a place where when God calls us to drop our nets and come and follow Him, we have the margin to drop the nets and we can follow Him. As Ask yourself one last question. If Jesus Christ himself came to you today and said, hey, on Monday, I need you to, would you honestly be able to say to him, yep, no problem, Lord? Or honestly, well, if it was Jesus came to you, you'd be like, no, of course. But honestly, if God spoke to your heart, when would you have the time to do what he's asking you to do? And if you're thinking to yourself, my gosh, my week is so packed, then your week is too packed. And you need to let that go. Lord God, I pray that you would help each one of us to truly apply this. This one needs to be applied to our lives, Lord. Truly apply this to our lives right now. That we would go home today and talk about this with our family. That we would get out our calendars. That we would cut out things that are unnecessary in our lives and be really critical about it. Do we really need to be doing all these things Cut those things out and put margin in our lives so we can hear you and become the people you've created us to be. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen. Love you. Have a great week and relax.